Lily, what's something that works so well that it's basically magic? I, not to be so American, but I love aircon. Another thing that works like magic is selling whatever you want to sell on Shopify. And you're using Shopify? I'm using Shopify magic to whip up captivating content that converts. And do they have amazing customer service when you have a snag or a rafu? Oh yes, when a rafu comes to town, my dear, I simply call them, I phone them up on my telephone. Oh, so wonderful. What you need to do is you need to sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash book club, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash book club now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash book club. Tired of spills and stains on your sofa? Wash away your worries with Annabay. Annabay, the only sofa that's machine washable inside and out, where designer quality meets budget-friendly prices. That's right, sofas from only $639. Anabay brings you a no-risk experience with pet-friendly, stain-resistant, and changeable slipcovers made with performance fabric, cloud-like comfort with high-resilience foam, and hypoallergenic featherless down that needs no fluffing. Their steel frame ensures longevity, and you can rearrange the modular pieces anytime. And here's the cherry on top, up to 60% off site-wide. It's backed by a 30-day satisfaction guarantee, so if you're not absolutely in love, send it back for a full refund. No return shipping or restocking fees. Every penny back. Join the revolution of easy, clean, stylish living with up to 60% off at anabay.com. That's A-N-A-B-E-I dot Offers are subject to change, and certain restrictions may apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Who's that knocking at the door? It's all your friends, you filthy whore. Your husband's gone, and we've got books and a bottle of wine to kill. It's Hollywood. It's books. It's gossip. I'm shook. It's memoirs. It's martinis. It's Studio 54. It's Celebrity Book Club. Come read it while it's hot. Celebrity Book Club. Tell your secrets, we won't talk. Celebrity Book Club. No boys are allowed. Celebrity Book Club. Club. Buzz me in, I brought the Cuervo. Hey, best hey, friend. Hey, best friend. How mm. are you? Oh, I'm so good. I've been working so much. I'm so busy as a professional mother, writer, daughter, vacationer. Uh, so as you can imagine, mm. everything's just crazy these days. We have seven people staying in our nine bedrooms. No. Yeah. Do the guests ever end? They it literally tell it's a revolving door around here. And of course, you know, we love it. We adore no, it. No, it's so amazing to have guests and to open your doors and gather to family, especially on Shabbat. Yeah. <laughs> it's another one of those insane Shabbats, but I wouldn't have it any other way. It's just so funny how it's holidays, right? 
Then it's, you know, spray and we're working. It's madness and shows are going up and books are getting made. And then all of it's summer. And then it's just the madness again of wet feet and sand and towels and taking Mm. towels off wood and yelling at your children, but having the best time with your children, making potato salad, washing dill. You have to enjoy it now because... Oh, it goes so fast. How is your brood? Oh, thank you so much for asking. My brood is... Good. I actually plan to spend some more quality time with them over the weekend. I've been kind of holed up in my office. I'm working on my eighth novel. So I actually haven't really seen my children or my wife in the past few days. Because when I write, I say, don't talk to me. Which is so fair. Is that fine? Is that fair? No, it is. Because what you're doing is so difficult. I mean, you move mountains. That's what you do. That's so sweet of you to say. I'm just so impressed by you because it seems like you're such an amazing mother and yet you're directing and acting and still giving the kids of the bath at the end of the day. I wish I could be half the father that you are as a mother. You know, there's no handbook on this. There just isn't. If there were, oh, I would be first in line at my local bookstore, Mitchell's Book Corner, which, of course, I support over those big box stores. Come on. Oh, Yeah. When my best-selling books come out, I try to say, go to Greenlight. That's in Brooklyn. That's a few stops away from me. I don't know if you know this. I live in Dittmar's Park. Oh, my God. That just sounds so idyllic. I wish I could. Unfortunately, because of the nature of my work, I have to travel a lot. Well, I'd love to host you and we could go for a walk. That sounds beautiful. Who are we in this little skit? You may be wondering. What is this improv? A man, a woman, a director, a writer, Ditmas travel Judaism? <laughs> Today's, it's not a book, but it could be published as a zine. It should be. I mean, it was published at Magazine, which were sort of the original zines, if you will. Right. A magazine known as T. <laughs> <laughs> Formerly known as T Magazine. We are doing someone that we've done before. I guess this is kind of a first on Celebrity Book Club history. We've never repeated a celebrity. Yeah. I mean, make the rules... To break the rules. But it's not like we've read this person's memoir. No. So we read her children's book. And it's not even like her children's book was an original. No. Her feminist adaptation of like Three Little Pigs where like one of the pigs is like a scientist. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was like in STEM. So it's almost like we've never even done her. And again, this is not her memoir, but it kind of is. And um, I guess let's just say it. We are doing Say It With Me the, the emails. emails between Natalie, Natalie Portman, Portman and, and Jonathan, Jonathan Safran. Safran. Four. One of the great American novelists. Ugh. I remember you saying that in our original trailer for Celebrity Book Club, you say Jonathan Safran for you bring him up because obviously yes. he's like a hero of Brooklyn. As you know, I don't read, so I haven't read any of the great American novels. You don't read, like, general fiction, pop fiction. And I don't read any of the, like, you know, the great American novels. You know, it's always, like, Thomas Pynchon and Tom Wolfe. Well, I read The Great Gatsby in high school or whatever, (laughs) but I I mean, like, more of, like, of the current era. People are always, like, it's... Pynchon, Mary Ellen Carr, Alice Monroe. Ooh, let's just try to name writers for 45 minutes. Let's literally try to be literate, even remotely. The point is, we do not read. And we so I have read. never read Jonathan Safran Foer, but I'm now remembering, like, seeing people at my summer camp with, like, extremely loud and incredibly close or, like, Fellow the other... Fellow campers? 
or like in your CIT. Maybe era. they were CITs, but I'm the fact that I saw people at summer camp with that book makes me think that it's actually not at the sort of pension level of like oat society, oat writing, that it's actually maybe a little bit more mainstream and a little bit more down market. No, I think he is below pension. But I think he is your classic, like, Ben Siller would play him in a drama about kind of a depressed male writer in his 40s. Yes. And as we see in what we're calling the emails. The emails. Yeah, you'll see that. very writer. I do feel like these emails are the most, like, NYT, like, <laughs> Libtardia, like, no, Jewish, Northeastern, liberal, or elite culture that you could ever possibly cram into one article. And it's just, like, the emails between Nellie Foreman and Jonathan Sevenfor. Like, it's alternate side parking. It's about going to your, like, vacation home that's also in the Northeast. It's about NPR. It's about Israel. It's about art and politics, but, like, saying art and politics. It's about, like, being conflicted about Israel, but not that conflicted. No. Ultimately pro. It's about, like, dads holding on to rock music, kind of. Yeah. But just still being, like, lame. So, Jonathan Safran Foer does live in my nape, I learned super recently. In Dittmas. Yeah, and I found out because there's a house that does like completely insane Halloween decorations that everyone comes to, and he lives next to that house, and he puts out a chalkboard outside of his house and puts a new poem in the chalkboard every single week, maybe month. Week? That seems excessive. I mean, I don't walk by it daily, so I'm not sure if it's daily or weekly or monthly, but there's new poems. So that's his contribution to the communal sort of discourse of decor that's happening within the community. Exactly. And I feel like it's very this move of like, I'm not the tacky house that does the crazy Halloween decorations. Right. I do a poem. I'm the writer. I'll contribute to the discourse more literally with actual words. So these emails are, they were made to promote a movie Natalie Portman was directing. Called A Tale of Love and Darkness that takes place in Israel just like right after World War II, which is sort of around the creation of Israel. So she is Israeli, I will say, in her defense of like making a movie about Israel. (laughs) She literally is Israeli. Because I do feel like it's so actress to just be like, I'm so into conflict. It's like Angelina Jolie made that movie about Bosnia and it's very just like, I forgot about that. (laughs) I mean, because Angelina Jolie is like obviously obsessed with like running the UN. (laughs) It is just like a certain type of actress to just be like, I am a global affairs major. And like, it's so important to discuss these issues and like, I'm always, like, wearing a headscarf <laughs> while going to a meeting or with like Malala. looking at the camera with Malala in a headscarf. Kind of a petrified, yeah. but also, like, brave look. It's so petrified, but and brave. And, of course, <laughs> Natalie Portman. I would say she's number one global affairs actress because, like, almost Angelina goes so far, it's a fetish for her. Right. Well, no, she's got the brood. I mean, she's grabbing a kid in every country (laughs) she goes to. (laughs) Where Natalie Portman is just like, I am married. I'm having, like, bio kids. I'm having bio kids with my French husband who recently cheated on me, but we're working through it. Benjamin Millepin. Yeah. And these emails became famous not because just, like, they were promo for this movie, but because Jonathan Safran Foer thought, They were falling in love. He was falling in love with Natalie. He took these emails as a sign that she was in love with him. And then he left his wife after these emails. 
So these emails Wait, became even more what? famous. Oh, I thought you like knew that. Not you dropping that tea on this pot. As <laughs> you know, I'm like so primary text. Like I only infer what I can from the text. I try not to get influenced by And I sources. love that for you. Yeah, that's why I kind of knew about these emails is that like he literally left his wife fully divorced after these emails. He was like, I thought this meant like we were in love. After the article came out or after? I think after. Because the premise the- of the article is that they've been emailing for years. Right. And they have this email correspondence. And then they were just like, the Times asked them to like start recording their emails, although emails are already recorded, to sort of email even more performatively to each other for the sake of this article and the promotion. So it's like their emails over the course of a month, basically. And he's really sad because Gen X stuff, he lost their like Hotmail correspondence because he moved emails from Hotmail to Gmail. Yeah, which he references a lot and he keeps just being like, Hotmail is an old wooden chest that's tough to crack if only I had the master key that I could break into this 1920 safe of the Hotmail account. Right. I feel like he's trying to make the loss of the Hotmail this much more like this loss of like Civil War era letters and not just like a tech malfunction. Yeah. The great letters, the correspondence. I mean, you know, it does bring up the idea of data loss. Yes. And I think in modern times, we don't really have a mechanism for talking about that, I think, because Mm. we're collecting so much data all the time. But then sometimes it can just all evaporate. I mean, I remember when my phone got stolen in Marseille two years ago. So <laughs> I don't know if me. I can get through this story. I'm going to cry all over again. None of that was like backed up onto iCloud because I'm not so like updating my iCloud membership all the time. Mm. So basically like three years worth of photos that were on that phone evaporated. And, you know, weirdly then I like was in a relationship that ended like a month later. So it was kind of like, okay, good riddance. Now I don't have the photos to like, you know, obsess over. But it is a little bit like... It's actually a blessing. It was a blessing. But at the same time, like... Then it just erased the past. And now where I'm at a point where I could, you know, potentially look at those photos and not necessarily, you know, spiral about it. There is a bit of a sadness there that that record is gone. No. Same thing. I don't update my iCloud. And when I also lost my phone this November, probably, yeah, two years of photos lost. And, you know, when you look back through emails, sometimes it's so funny to see emails from 2011, right? You were like, it's hilarious. It's hysterical. Absolutely hysterical. But yeah, you know, text. And I feel like I remember like text art, like it felt original when I was in art school, like being like, oh, what if I printed the text sure. from me and right. some person? And now it's kind of, you know, when someone posts a, a grinder screenshot or, you know, it's just run of the mill. No, it's lingua franca now. I mean, there's nothing interesting about it. I mean, these emails are just such a carry. Like, it's also, I feel like the beginning of kind of like sending YouTube and meme culture a little bit, like. And adults getting into that, when I say like adults, like people with kids, like it's Natalie where she says this. In the process, we've exchanged a great number of emails about work, parenting, religion, politics. You're now on the brink of another first, the release of your directorial debut. And then she goes on to be like, and now I'm like comfortable with sending you ridiculous YouTubes of like walruses dancing. Yeah, I'm sure at the beginning of our email and I was trying too hard to be smart and interesting. Now, of course, I'm comfortable enough to send you videos of a sax playing walrus. But yes, of course, we mainly discuss religion and politics. And don't forget art. We also talk about art. But of course, you know, and she's being a little bit like silly there, right? Like, oh, of course, our emails are so important. Whether it's conscious or not, there is an attempt to echo you've got mail in the mm, correspondence where yes. it's like, 
we email each other kind of casual philosophical questions. No, I was thinking so much. I was like, I don't have that relationship with anyone. I don't think most people do over email. I think very occasionally, maybe people of an older generation, you know, my dad will send quite long emails sometimes. That's true. I bet my mom has more... Because I feel like adults are more like, well, I'm not going to write a text in a paragraph, but they might send a long email being like, and we did hike the Banff Mountains and it overlooked the sea and it made me think of the Vietnam War. Yeah, but that's still more of like a travelogue, you know, it's still more of a personal essay than less this back and forth where it's like, and I ask you, you know, as Jonathan goes, freedom might not be a prerequisite for the expression of passion. It helps sometimes not to be able to follow your instincts, but they are strongly intertwined. How do you think about freedom? When do you most strongly wish you'd had more of it? When do you most strongly wish you'd had less? And then I hear steps on the stairs, larger than paws, thank God. There's this other trope, I think, referencing something that's happening in your world, like you have mm, to end the email. Yes. That I think is always so insane where people are like, hopping on a plane, have to go, but let's talk soon, X. And it's like, it's an email. Like, the whole point is that it does not depend on where you are. You don't have to rush to send it. You can send it at any time, anywhere. True, but I do kind of love when people do speak like that in emails, even though it makes no sense. Like, I love more later, about to head to, you know, Canada, dot, dot, dot. Right. (laughs) I mean, I guess it's fun to let an older person, like, feel that they're busy. And that's fine. (laughs) We can indulge that. But I do think if you're emailing in a professional sense and you are younger than 50, I don't think it's acceptable to just be like, hopping in the channel, talk soon. It's kind of just like, I'm good. Just send the email. Because you're just lying. You know what I mean? It's like, you could have responded earlier. You could have responded later. You're saying something I don't want to hear, which is almost always what that is. You're pushing something off. You're delaying. Well, and that's, I think, though, the pressure of the deadline, the pressure people feel if something comes on your phone that you have to respond instantly. Right. Of course. No, but and that's why I almost think email now in the age of Slack and text messaging email is sort of a reprieve from all that. You know, you can take a breath. And we should embrace that. And just the way the different styles also, you can kind of really see how, like, Jonathan is more in love. And, you know, I mean, I would say Natalie is also flirting in these emails, too. Absolutely. And this is what I mean by the referencing the... You've got mail. There's also when Harry met Sally, you're telling... Yeah, it's like when a man and a woman... Email. <laughs> a man and a woman are sending long emails about politics, religion, and family. There's nothing romantic. Can a man and woman be email friends? No, they simply can't. She goes, on Thursday, May 26, 2016 at 3.36 a.m. Excuse me. But of course, as we find out, she's in England shooting. Do you know what movie she was shooting? She mentions it, but I, of course, forget. She mentioned she was shooting it with Gina Rodriguez and Tessa Thompson, and the movie was Annihilation. Oh, and I never saw. You wouldn't like it. It's kind of sci-fi. I know you get really nervous when things leave the realm of the real. Yes. I don't <laughs> like when things leave my realm. And she also is just being so Hollywood roundtable, big black glasses, just being like, I'm shooting a movie with the most wonderful five actresses. No, she's so glasses. She's so actress self-consciously in <laughs> glasses to show a commitment to craft. Okay, so well, she goes, my mother-in-law used the word guinea pig when telling me a story in French yesterday. And it's cochon d'inde, which translates to pig from India. Who's right? Like, it's the most, 
you've got me all thing to just be like, here's a sort of like silly little query about language. Isn't that interesting? Doesn't that roil you a bit? And then, of course, she gets into her whole the Israel movie that she's shooting. Right. And she's like talking about kind of the yearning for Israel and how that defines Jews. She's very two-state solution, which, of course, you don't hear about anymore because the Israeli internal politics now is very conservative and BB would never be pro two state and Arafat for all his flaws, I think was more willing to talk and negotiate. And you and I say this all the time. Yeah, you're always but, saying you know, Arafat for all of his flaws. <laughs> for all of his flaws, Arafat was more willing to come to the table and I think the current Palestinian leadership is less interested in that. And so, you know, a two-state solution feels further away than ever. And that's why I don't think people talking about it. But I feel she's very that realm of just being like, I do believe in the concept, like, basically of Zionism and, like, there being a Jewish state. But I also think that, like, we should all get along and have, like, a partitioned area that is a real country of Palestine, like, somewhere in there. That's what I thought her position was. And I will just wordly out say I am super uneducated about Israel and Palestine. <laughs> I'm just going to be honest here. Like, I kind of know what I should think, but... Um, right, right. But you haven't really sat down and thought about it for yourself. Yes. You know when people say, like, oh, I want to hear what you think, like, not quoting, like, a newspaper or whatever, and it's just, like, the idea of me sitting down with just, like, a conservative Israeli newspaper, some cool leftist journals, and just spending a day... <laughs> Talking to Palestinians, talking to Israelis, talking, you know, to Dems, to Republicans, and just being like, what does Lily think? This is so funny. I want this to happen so badly. Maybe on a hot, one of those hot July days where you just, you just, you can't even go outside, not even the beach. It's too hot to even go to the beach. Close the blinds. And reach out to stakeholders across the globe. About the Palestinian-Israeli conflict. <laughs> but at the end of the day, I do feel like, you're right, Natalie is just so, like, mm, a Zionist, but just being like, can't we all get along? Like, isn't that possible? I don't totally have a solution, but, like, can't Palestinians get along with the way that Israelis want them to? Is kind of how I feel she feels. Yeah. But then I do want to bring up her kind of, like, modern Shabbat, vibe. I feel like she is letting Jonathan Safran in. I mean, he is Jewish. Oh, he is Jewish. Yeah. I feel okay. like that's why they're being like, yes, we're Jews and we're talking about Shabbat. Oh, I guess he's just so much like less obsessed. <laughs> <laughs> well, because she was born in Israel. I feel like she'll be go on like a long thing about Shabbat and then he'll just be like, so I'm threatening to take my kids to Gettysburg. Yeah, I think he's more kind of like classic, more like reform New York. American, New York Jew, where you're like, you do get bar mitzvah and you do go to services or whatever. And you like went on birthright or whatever, but you're not so like militantly anti-Israel in such a like, you know, Instagram way. You're just kind of just like, yes, like my rabbi is my neighbor. <laughs> but right. like, I'm also an atheist. You know what I mean? The way he discusses driving his kids to his, like, brother-in-law's house in, like, the Blue Ridge Mountains in Pennsylvania, you can just, like, tell he is, like, secretly going to the bathroom in this creaky house to email her on an iPad and is, like, so over his family. Yeah. I really was just, like, envisioning that where, like, people are downstairs and there's probably, like, a lake and, like, he is taking his kids out and then everyone's like, where's Jonathan? And he's in just, like, a heathered 
Rolling Stones t-shirt up in that bathroom emailing her. This is him. The clock recently ticked over to 12. It's 12.21 a.m. It's like, also, you're writing her. Because when she writes at 3 a.m., that's 3 a.m. New York time. So it's actually like, or no, it's because she's getting up to shoot at 4 or something. So it's kind of like, that's her excuse. The clock recently ticked over to 12 from Thursday to Friday. It's been unseasonably warm, lower 90s. The calendar is ticking over to summer. We're driving to Blue Ridge Summit, Pennsylvania later today to spend Memorial Weekend with my brother and their families. It's a wonderful place. It's literally a census-designated place rather than a city, town, or village. Where my sister and less family has been going for decades, that part is also so Wikipedia and is, again, so writer Writer? of him because as someone who's often procrastinatio, it's just so writer to be like, isn't this fascinating that there's a territory in eastern Cyprus that's (laughs) technically part of no country? because of a a 1743 Turkish law. And you're just kind of like that. It's just very like you should be writing, but you're finding random facts on Wikipedia to be so excited about the idea of a census designated place. And also trying to like romanticize a place that may depress your like board of. Yeah. Wait, so is this the part where you think he's like in the bathroom, like jacking off on his iPod writing this email? he's like jacking off in like a woody bathroom emailing her. He goes, Hello from Blue Ridge Summit. All the cousins slept in the same room last night. So I came up into my room not long ago, grumpier than Ed Asner and up, bemoaning how everyone else was awake. And for all he knew, they've been watching cartoons and eating dessert for hours. And then he just like transitions that into talking about like youth. But yeah, so it's like it's 730 and he's awake and he's like, oh, I wish I could have slept for longer. Yeah, I wish I could have dreamt about you. Not dreamt about you, but I'm next to my wife. And this is where I think Natalie here is like trying, but it's almost kind of like egging him on, but also like cucking him, being like, I'm telling you a hilarious story about my husband. We saw James Blake sing Saturday night, extreme levels of wonder. Before the concert, we ate a meal at a restaurant that was pretty insane. It's called the Clove Club. Next time you come to London, eat there. Ben made me laugh a lot comparing his main course parentheses, an aged roasted duck stuffed with hay to mine asparagus in papayo, which came out looking like a cardboard because it was served in brown paper. Just like we had the most ridiculous gastronomique. Yeah, it's like how hilarious was his joke about your hay stuffed duck. <laughs> like, or like the $5,000 foam dinner. He's so funny. And Jonathan Saffron Foer, I feel like, would never go. Like, he wishes he could make fun of a foam meal. But you think he's, like, too adbusters to, like, go to a tasty menu? I think he's Vinegar Hill. Yeah, because he's not that adbusters. No, he's, like, fancy farm-to-table restaurant where he's, like, absolutely yes. getting, like, brick chicken, Berkshire pork chop, but would be, like... But he would be uncomfortable with foam because he isn't a global affairs major. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. 
Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Can I give you a real incentive to lean into your decision to start working out and eating better? I'm Carl, co-founder of Body. That's B-O-D-I. And right now, if you sign up for a one-year subscription to Body, I want to make you an offer you can't refuse. I'll give you 65% off. Look, I know it's not easy to get fit and lose weight, especially if you're trying to figure it out by yourself, but we make it simple. Just follow a program for 20 to 30 minutes day by day and lose 5 to 10 pounds a month. We have over 120 programs that have been tested and proven to work and almost 300,000 five-star reviews in the App Store to prove it. Body also has complete eating plans and thousands of healthy, delicious recipes. So stop guessing and start seeing results with Body, and I'll give you 65% off your annual membership right now so you save big on the app that CNN underscored named Best Fitness App. So don't wait. Sign up for a year of Body and save 65%. Just go to Body.com. That's Body with an I dot com. Lily, what's something that works so well that it's basically magic? I, not to be so American, but I love Aircon. It's incredible. It's incredible. I, I used to sweat like a hog. Well, another thing that works like magic is selling whatever you want to sell on Shopify. Now, that's the global commerce platform that helps you... It turns customers into cold, hard pounds sterling, my dear. It's a no-excuses business partner. Sell without needing to code or design. Just bring your best ideas and Shopify will help you open up shop. And you're using Shopify. I'm using Shopify magic to whip up captivating content that converts from blog posts to product descriptions. And do they have amazing customer service when you have a snag or a rafu? Oh, yes. When a rafu comes to town, my dear, I simply call them. I phone them up on my telephone. Oh, so wonderful. So here's what I want you to do. I'm sure you have a business or something. You probably sell some beautiful sweaters that you're hand-knitting with your daughter, maybe. What you need to do is you need to sign up for a $1 per month trial period at Shopify.com slash book club. All lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash book club now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash book club. Okay, wait. So I found a copy of the current tasting menu from Clove Club. We have to go. Okay. I'm just going to read it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, just read the menu. Okay. Smoked Wiltshire trout with almond milk and watercress. Why almond milk? The fuck? Almond milk needs to go. Like, she's been over for so long. She's so done, honey. Almond milk is, like, worse than beef or something. Oh, my God. The water waste? Yes. It costs, like, I don't know, an Olympic-sized swimming pool to grow one almond or something worth of fresh water that we'll never get back. That's (laughs) completely insane to douse a trout with almond milk. Raw Orkney scallop, hazelnut, clementine, and truffle. Clementine. And truffle. I'm not actually <laughs> mad at clementine and truffle together. That could be interesting. No, because the citrus, I think, with the scallops. The acid and the yeah. umami. Okay. <laughs> Hazelwood grilled pollock. Superior sauce and white <laughs> asparagus. Okay. Simmer. Don't know what the sauce is. Wild garlic pasta that's very now. Yeah. With green asparagus. Welks. And clams. What is welts? 
like calm down. I feel like it's another like mollusk. It's very like seashell, snail shell when you see it. Okay, so now they're it's, trying it's to like be like sustainable. Veal sweetbread baked in hay. Okay, the hay is back. The hay, the hay came the hay out. Remains. <laughs> Veal sweetbreads, I feel like, are getting a big comeback. I feel like people are less freaked out by sweetbreads than they were. And like that's been basically, I think, a linear acceptance of sweetbreads over the past like 15 years. Because sweetbreads had a big thing in 2010. Yes. And then I think like they it was like a more of a blip where it was like, oh, okay, sweetbreads. But then they've just sort of slowly been like becoming indoctrinated as like a normal thing. Now it's kind of like, yeah, they're there. And I think people would rather have veal sweetbreads than they would just like veal. If someone's like, oh, I'm evil if I'm eating just veal, but veal sweetbreads feel little odds and ends. So the acceptance in like the calf of it all. That is so, so true. It feels a lot more morally righteous to have the odds and ends of the calf rather than like, I killed this baby calf just for its meat. For its breast, for its leg. It's like, oh, I'm just helping the kitchen by having sweet Right, no, exactly. <laughs> no, some other evil billionaire <laughs> killed this poor baby cow. I'm just having the odds and ends. For 39. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then it's dry-aged Aylesbury Jack with stuffed morels, and then it's grilled habanero granita for dessert with sheep's milk yogurt. Then there's loquat sorbet, which no idea what that is. I'm sure is some like little tiny fruit. It's some tiny fruit that only grows on Malta. The almond milk on trout, I'm canceling Clove Club for that alone. But other than that, it sounds pretty good. Other than that, I mean, I'm sure we would fucks with it. Oh, we doth fucks with the clove. <laughs> and I love how they move. They're like, we're keeping the duck, but we're just moving the hay around. By the way, her only so actress, her husband is like getting duck like a full meal and she's just having asparagus. <laughs> <laughs> you don't think they did the taste? They must have done the tasting. Oh, I guess they she didn't. She says to his main dishes. course to mine. Yeah, I mean, she's tiny. She's small. If you see Annihilation, you could tell that she wasn't gorging herself on duck every yeah. night. Okay, so the reason she says that is because he asks her for a wonderline, mm. which is this game that he plays with his children around their Ditmas kitchen table. For the last half year, we have played a game at dinner called The Wonderline. If one of the kids can tell me something that generates the experience of wonder, the cocked head, slight nod, raised eyebrow, and muttered, hmm, we call it clearing the wonderline. If they can clear it five times, they get to decide how we end the night, i.e. have ice cream or watch a Pirates of the Caribbean iteration. And so then she like lists that along with having this like amazing moment with the actresses on Annihilation where they all just like get each other and then also going to the James Blake concert. I love that she's like, oh, okay, my turn for wonder is just like five course meal hanging out with Tessa Thompson and James Blake. And then her like son seeing a rabbit and then she goes, children, animals, music, food, artistic camaraderie. That's five. Now do I get an ice cream? Happy Thursday. Like, I'm sorry. Flirtatious. Honey, she knows exactly what she's doing. Also, he's kind of saying, like, I actually am a father who, like, sits around and discusses religion and wonder of my children. Like, Ugh. brag. Like, I do There's pay attention to them. so nauseating about the mandatory, like, Wonderland convo at dinner. It's, I no, just... I know. I was like, that sounds so depressing for you and the children. It really does. And it's like making... 
you're making your children annoying. Being so like, father taught me what wonder is. And then he's also like <laughs> no. dismissing their wonder. He's like, I didn't find it like a wonder when my son saw yes. something. Yes. But yes. he did. And it's like, okay, so you're actually like kind of like roasting your children. You're like, oh, they're so childish and I'm so dead in the eyes. Like, cool for you. You found wonder. Well, no, I agree. I think like kids have wonder. Naturally. That's the whole beauty of childhood. That's why we spend our entire lives desperately trying to reclaim that innocence and sense of adventure and freedom we felt as children because we didn't know we felt it because we were fucking children without this sort of self-consciousness that adults have. And it's like trying to hold your child to an adult standard of wonder and be like, can you make me wonder? It's like, no, let them be kids. Let them get excited about seeing a rabbit running around. Let them get excited about the sound the fire truck makes, you know? And like, let them have that unadulterated and uncurated and unlike analyzed. Yeah, unlistical, like New Yorker way of being like oh what happened to wonder and then like prizing them with obviously he's been like pirates of the caribbean i rolled and now you've made them pretentious so good job and you've also set up this very insanely pretentious like cultural dichotomy where that's like you can only consume mainstream fodder like pirates of the caribbean if you can like successfully like enumerate some sort of like pretentious intellectual wonder that happened to you for your father who's such a writer and is staring at his window at like the garbage trucks and then writing about it because he's elevating the mundane because that's what writers do so after natalie portman rejected him he then dated michelle williams another like fragile fragile actress (laughs) Who is more Brooklyn and her whole thing for so long was like, look, Michelle Williams is walking in Brooklyn Heights. She's so Brooklyn. Dating Michelle Williams after Natalie Portman rejects you is like going to new school after you didn't get into NYU. Trying not to spit up my water. Wow. Like, I'm sorry, honey, but it's true. It's like Natalie Portman, one of the most brilliant actresses of her generation, powerful, strong, and yet vulnerable. Whereas like Michelle Williams, it's just like, you don't really see like vulnerability through like and strength like in a dialogue in her performance. Here's the thing about Michelle Williams. I feel like there is so much vulnerability, but she is a little more, I only show pain. Whereas I think why you love Natalie Portman is because she is so annihilation and like warrior and closer and black swan. And she's like always has fire in her eyes. And Michelle Williams is always on the verge of crying. Yeah. I'm like, bitch, wrap it up. I don't hate Michelle Williams, but you know, I really dislike is Carrie Mulligan. Oh, yes. Carrie Mulligan is Marymount College. (laughs) 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 If Natalie Portman is NYU and Michelle Williams is... New school. I mean, I. Carrie Mulligan is absolutely Mary Mulligan. I'm always like. 100% acceptance rate. I'm always just like, what, Carrie Mulligan? Like, why are you around? Because, like, Michelle Williams was busy. (laughs) Or she was just feeling, like, too sad about Heath to, like, do a movie or whatever. And they were like, I guess we'll get Michelle Williams is, like, out there crying hard, you know? Okay, wait. Let me ask you this Mm. Has anything cleared your wonderline lately? Mm, well, yes. 
yesterday, I had one of the most amazing moments of my life. I was, um, not to brag, I pulled over so I could post on Instagram. Thank you for not posting while driving. <laughs> yes. Pulled over on Grandmav, and I was like, to post our little uh, New York Times mention, excuse me. And I look to my left, and I see TikTok star, Italian-American icon, Lil Mo <laughs> Mozzarella, sitting. And I get out of my car, and I walk across. I'm like, what am I going to say? Obviously, I'm so awkward. I go into the sandwich shop that he's waiting outside of, fake look at T-shirts and drinks, come back outside, and then go, sorry to bother you, but... I'm a huge fan, Lil Mo. <laughs> and then he instantly, so influencer, starts filming and goes, Hey, Mo, what do you want to do? This, And then he, we rehearse, we redo on video what I just did to him. Stop. So he's like, do it again, do it again. So I'm like, oh, hey, I'm sorry to bother you. And then he turns the camera on me and I'm like, what do you want to do? And he's like, this guy just came up to me. Like, what do you want to do? Crack a semolina over your head. And then I was like, oh, are you getting a sandwich? He's like, I'm getting a sandwich named after me. Chicken cutlet, green pepper, mozzarella, fried eggplant. Wow. Gave me wonder. Wow. I mean, that is absolute wonder. So that was beautiful and... I mean, I knew he, like, hung out by that sandwich shop. I've seen him post from there, but I wasn't planning on it. No, and so, Just you know, him. wonder is a sense of surprise, and it's harder, obviously, to find wonder now because we're all so jaded. We're so old. We've seen it all, right? But then here's this person that you've imbued this kind of mythic-like quality to, and then all of a sudden he appears, right? As if from magic. Like a mythic god. Yeah. Well, let me just put that back to you, wonder. When was the last time you felt wonder? Um, drawing a blank. Okay, that's fine. These days, it's so hard with my kids. Yeah. With work. Mm -hmm. And if there isn't anything, that's fine. We can still watch Pirates of the Caribbean. I mean, I guess, like, not to like, recycle my content, but like when I was at this random panel the other day and this lesbian was telling the story about how, like, older lesbians used to bring huge shopping bags to Reese and then the younger femmes would stand in them. That was, like, it wasn't, like, awe-inspiring, but I was actually quite surprised. I was like, whoa, this is, like, something I never like, thought, like, just the tactic I'd never heard of before. We actually haven't even talked about that just us. I know you went viral no, on Twitter. And when yeah. I saw your tweet before the video, I thought you were just kind of were doing a conceptual joke. And then you posted no. the video, and I was like, wait. Then I felt wonder. I was like, wait. Butchers were straight up putting femmes in bags. Yeah, and so then when the cops would come into the bathroom, or I guess like maybe the changing bathroom stalls, they would only see one set of feet in the stall because the other set of feet would be in the back, and the, it would go it would go above the bottom of the door. And that's just such a genius hack for like hooking up and fingering a femme. No, I mean leave it to butchers to also like make it so a uh, police are happening. It's very packing a car. Yeah, you know, kind of like. Boxes to the left. <laughs> but it was also this weird panel on cruising that um, friend of the pod, not friend of the pod, Eric, was moderating, like, for Diesel or something at this, like, Diesel pop-up. For Diesel Jeans? It was, like, a Diesel Jeans x Tom of Finland pop-up that looked like it had been put together yesterday. There was, like, some magazines, like, under glass and, like, a pair of jeans with Tom of Finland, like, spray-painted on them. The whole thing was really random. 
but at one point they were trying to like define cruising and no one was like really doing it. And then the lesbian was just like, well, and at the dike march tomorrow, there is definitely going to be some cruising going on. And I was kind of like, well, lesbians just looking at each other isn't cruising. <laughs> like, I love this story from the past. And like, that definitely sounds like sex. But cruising isn't just like, oh, like, I'm seeing someone like in person, <laughs> like there has to be actual solicitation of sex and then sex that happens in like a semi-public space, like pretty soon after the solicitation <laughs> for that to be crazy. This is very when people got mad at me and Alex for calling our speed dating event Queer Speed Cruising that we weren't respecting the past enough. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in many ways, you were. I guess I was trying to. I wanted sex to happen. It was aspirational cruising. Did you have a dark room? I mean, the windjammer is dark, and there was like <laughs> shitty bathrooms. So sure, no, there there could have been fingering. No, and I think you were literally saying like this is a event where we want people to meet so that they can fuck. So like, I think that's fine to say cruising. No, but the it was current just... Dyke March that's so on Fifth Ave at Bryan Park. It's kind of like. Maybe some did happen, but... Yeah. You should start emailing with that older butch. Right, and get, like, more stories from the past. I don't know. I mean, the panel was, like, photographers who kind of took pictures of cruising spaces. So in many ways, they were not actual experts on cruising because I think, as you know, photographers tend to be more, like, watchers and less participators. That's kind of the thing of photography you actually have to watch and like there are a lot of photographers in the gay community but they tend to be the ones who are just like wait that's so beautiful like kiss your boyfriend again but they're not so the ones always like well but you never know if you start emailing with her though I'm like do I need to try and like pound this wonder into the ground and like <laughs> no, beat this okay. dead no, wonder you're right. horse I'm kind no, of now just like I'm, it happened honestly now I'm being so Jonathan Saffron forward my Ditmas table being so like start an email group start a book club right. like then you get some like more spin drift you know what it's crazy I feel like this is just very Ditmas I'm just guessing I feel like seltzer is probably like a treat for children in this current day and age well, he talks about getting a seltzer every day as part of his ritual. His tree. You think that like little like Logans and Jameses and Wilsons in Ditmas? They're getting a LaCroix as a treat, I think. I mean, I have no data on this. I'm just I think they're popping LaCroix like their normal water because their parents are stocking the fridge with LaCroix. That's also true left and right. And there's just so many undrunk LaCroix everywhere. You know, who doesn't have LaCroix because she has a soda stream is, is Natalie, Natalie Portman. Portman. <laughs> she yes, supports Israeli businesses. <laughs> okay, wait, I just want to talk about the word ritual for a second because he does this whole thing, which again is very writer of him going, it's Thursday, garbage day. One of the garbage Ugh. days, I should say. Thursday and Sunday are garbage days. Tuesday is garbage and recycling day. Monday and Tuesday are also NSI parking days, which makes Tuesday parking, garbage, and recycling a very special day indeed. It's just the most writer thing to be like, I am chronically in the mundane. Oh, I'm watching the townspeople like go about their lives from my little writer's turret. You know, and I'm guilty of it too, like we all are, but it, there's just a, something a little bit like, oh God, stop drinking your time's Kool-Aid for Seriously, two it really is like being like, and I get my coffee, my little seltzer, we're all just cogs in the machine, but it's also like, and we only have time to think during alternate side parking. And this is what I'm saying, like this is this Ben Stiller 43-year-old like 
what has my life become? Like, I used to go to the East Village and read at KGB, and now I just sit and buy my little seltzer and do alternate side parking. It's like missing this wild past, but also just like romanticizing your current hour that you spend, not at your computer. No, that's so true because you're pretending to miss the past in this way, but you're also romanticizing your current ritual and being like, doesn't it suck that I like have this beautiful wife and my beautiful seltzer? But Natalie responds to this girl, I'm woefully lacking ritual in my life, which is among the hardest things and best things about my work. I just feel like specifically the word ritual became very popular along with the word tribe in like branding mm. circles around eight years find ago. Find your tribe, and, like, find your flock. In meetings, we'd always be like, we need to like inculcate a sense of tribe with this brand so people feel a sense of belonging. And then it was like, everything should be part of ritual because ritual, it has this sort of like sacredness attached to it. It's like almost Eastern yoga-y without actually being Easter or yoga-y. Well, did you notice the mention of, we haven't discussed Buddha in these emails. Yes. There's always this, you know, the kind of invocation of Buddhist philosophy as being like the way out, but how could we ever do it? I mean, you know, and I think we all maybe identify that a little yeah. bit. But she's like, yeah, when I first encountered Buddhist thought in my 20s, I was so confused. I'm supposed to be content with what's going on here. And now I realize how much Judaism for me was connected to yearning, to wanting what you don't have, which is maybe why Israel is so complicated emotionally for Jews. It's built into the emotional structure of our religion to yearn for a homeland we don't have. You know, but the thing is, it's like Israel does exist. You know, they do have I know. It. It's, so like, it's like, it's absolutely there. And there are lots of Israelis. So I don't know. <laughs> there are so <laughs> Why many we're Israelis. Why like it's still an idea. When she said that, I imagine how different it would be if she said that in a comedian's in cars getting coffee with Jerry Seinfeld. Kind of how different that conversation would be. Because yeah. I feel like him and Jessica Seinfeld are like also such like Zionists. Just like normal Zionist vibes. Yeah, just your classic normal Zionist. One more thing, and then we will move to segments. The way it ends Mm. just destroys the romanticism of the email because it's when they've met finally, and now it's just so good seeing you at a reading. Okay, I guess I really disagree. I thought the ending was beautiful. I thought she was really trying to Mm. connect with him, and she's obviously a fan, but she she brings up this like incredibly... like serious philosophical idea about film. She goes, Jonathan, it was so good to meet you after the reading the other day. And this is in 2002. So basically, like, the emails end for the article. And they have this little thing about Shabbat, meaning is actually a, a time when you stop the clock, not just stop working, but it's an attempt to stop time. And then he manages to, like, get the Hotmail server working and finds this email from 2002. She goes, Jonathan, it was so good to meet you after the reading of the day. I love what you said about the last line of the book ending in the middle of a sentence, that it was a dialogue with the reader, and what a reader fills in completes the book. It reminded me of the Walter Murch thing about digital film. It will never be as emotional as film film because they don't have the black between frames. With regular film, as you probably know, also the parenthetical, as you probably know, is very, like... I feel like it's kind of this generous thing of just being like, maybe you didn't know, but like, I'm assuming that you you did because like, I respect you as being a cultural authority. And then she goes, between each frame is a black frame that flashes for a fraction of a second and the viewer's eyes fill in the picture reflexively. So the viewer has to be engaged in a way they don't have to when all the visuals are provided to them. It is our engagement in the process, our helping the creation of the piece that makes us feel the story. And that's the end. I mean, that's an insane first email to send to someone. You don't find that to be the beginning of a romantic correspondence? 
I found that, and maybe it's because it felt like it's now out of the fantasy. Like, now we've met, and I felt like she was kind of tying it up. Like, I'm going to kind of send you an amazing thought I had, and now we're kind of done. But it was the first email she ever sent him. I thought that was the last email she sent him. That was the final email that was, like, the very first email they ever sent. Because the whole, like, premise of this was that they've been emailing for years, but he lost all the emails due to Hotmail. And so then they had this kind of, like... Right performed set of emails that they were doing for the article and then he did finally finds the original email and this is the first thing she ever wrote him oh you were like it was weird the article ended i feel like she didn't want to talk to him anymore i was just like that's random (laughs) look we all read in different ways and that is my sense of wonder um and we're different learners and um Look, you read that properly and, you know, but I informed you about kind of, I guess I was so in their romance and maybe I was too hopped up on that to kind of pull out. Yeah, and so see it order. sounds like they are in love and maybe now that Benjamin Millipede has cheated on her, she can go cheat on him with Jonathan. Although maybe they're not emailing so much anymore. Celebrity Book Club Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. If you struggle to get in shape and lose weight, I'm about to change your life. I'm Carl, the CEO of Body, and I don't like working out and eating healthy either. So here's how I get myself to do it. I make myself own the morning. And by the morning, I mean the first hour or so every day. It's not family time. It's not for scrolling social media. It's for my results and my health. And man, does it work. Every day, I get out of bed, drink a health shake I made the night before, And then I go crush a workout in the body app and just follow along day by day. Before most people are even out of bed, I'm done for the day. So here's my offer to you. The next 500 people who go to body.com will get 65% off a full year of access to over 120 programs. 65% because I want you to start now and see how fast the pounds come off and the muscles start popping. And if they don't, Hey, you get your money back. Just go to body.com. That's B-O-D-I dot com. And let's own the morning together and get healthy and fit. Tired of spills and stains on your sofa? Wash away your worries with Anabay. Anabay, the only sofa that's machine washable inside and out, where designer quality meets budget-friendly prices. That's right. Sofas from only $639. Anabay brings you a no-risk experience with pet-friendly, stain-resistant, and changeable slipcovers made with performance fabric. 
cloud-like comfort with high-resilience foam and hypoallergenic featherless down that needs no fluffing. Their steel frame ensures longevity, and you can rearrange the modular pieces anytime. And here's the cherry on top, up to 60% off site-wide. It's backed by a 30-day satisfaction guarantee, so if you're not absolutely in love, send it back for a full refund. No return shipping or restocking fees. Every penny back. Join the revolution of easy, clean, stylish living with up to 60% off at anabay.com. That's A-N-A-B-E-I.com. Offers are subject to change and certain restrictions may apply. The segment, segment emails. emails. What does she eat? What does she wear? How does she live? Well, I think how does she live? You know, I, I think we know exactly Jonathan Suffer Four lives. I think that there is white subway tile it's in the books. kitchen. There's lots and lots of books. It's a dark wood. It's Mrs. It's sort Myers. Of like vintage table. Absolutely, Miss Myers. Oriental rugs out the who. Kids, toys still everywhere. And he, you know, it's like, ugh, it's vinyl. Here's my question. I see three possible directions for his couch. Either it's very Freud. And it is, it's like super vintage and like... Kind of uncomfortable, a little tattered. Tassels even. Two, mm. it is more classic masculine writer. So a dark leather, either a black leather or a brown leather. Hemingway, really. Right. Three, it is more of a modern feminine jewel toned, like a dark green and it's like a newer couch. Oh, like a velvet Joy Bird that's dark green. Yeah, but like whatever the more expensive version of Joy Bird is. Here's what I think because I'm just like, he got divorced. I kind of feel like he used to have... Oh, right. I guess I'm imagining that the house he wrote this in, but maybe... Oh, yeah. Let's do house that the emails were wrote in. <laughs> because I feel like he did have, like, kind of these tattered Freudian couches that, like, even though he has kids, he held on to. And he's like, I'm not going to get rid of my writerly Freudian couch. Okay. And, like, now he does have, like, a Floyd or a Joybird that his kids can stain. Okay. Can I just say, I just looked it up. And Jonathan Saffin for stunning Borum Hill townhouse. So not Dittmas, but Borum is put on the market again for $9 million. The couches are brown leather, honey. Oh, wow. Okay. But there is like a jewel toned blue couch in the corner that's smaller. Small jewel tone, like mostly velvet. brown yeah, leather. Yeah, but it's really these big brown leather couches. So when was that house put on the market? This article's in 2018. I think it was... Because I recently saw the poems so where I'm like, does he live there now or did the person who it was moved first there... listed in like I think it's like 2017 and then it was like discounted again? Yeah, it was for nine million. I don't know who bought it. Oh, in 2021, Gawker says, Jonathan Saffron Forward, please update your sidewalk poetry board. Oh, huh. So, so then he, did he move to Ditmas? Maybe he moved to Ditmas after the divorce. Yeah, after the brownstone. So he put up the Borum Hill, then did the dip mess. So the question is, was he like, I'm doing brown leather couch again? Or you th like, because the thing about brown leather couches is they are easy to clean. I think he brought the brown leather couches. Okay. To dip mess. Interesting. And I think he does like have some wipes that like once a spring, he's doing this like man leather cleaning day. Yeah, for sure. And wait, are him and Michelle still together or no? No, they broke up too. So I think he's like single boots. Natalie, we've kind of already done that for her, but I feel like it's like 
also a little oriental rug meets modern. Like, it's a little more feminine and less modern. Like, it's a little more chintzy and uncomfortable, I think. I don't think it's that much personality. I think he, I think it's more minimal. Like, I think, like, yeah, maybe there's an oriental rug, but I don't think there's, like, so much stuff everywhere. Like, I think there's, they're just, like, books. I think they're doing leaning art. I think they have, like, one framed like old watercolor that like one of Benjamin's friends did and it's like small and it's taking up an entire wall. And I think there's photography and like a map of Israel. Absolutely. There's a map of Israel. Globes. What does she eat? She eats asparagus and nothing. He, I'm sure I'm like in line at the Ditmas co-op with him and he's buying dates and he's buying bonza mac and cheese for his kids. The chickpea pasta. Gross. Probably true. I think he's definitely like leaning towards whatever your fancy market equivalent of Trader Joe's snacks are. I think he's like buying dates. He's buying that like, you know, like oriental cracker mix with the wasabi peas in it. Yeah. Because he wants snack food. He's a writer and he's divorced. What do divorced writers do? They snack. And then he does his Vinegar Hill like roast chicken, brick chicken. But I, and don't... I think he's getting seltzer delivered. Yes, from like a fresh so direct. Weak writer arms don't have to carry it. No, yeah. he's not carrying the LaCroix like three blocks. Absolutely not. No, no, honey, no, he aren't. Okay, what does she wear? I mean, he basically is the target customer for like every random weird menswear brand you get ads for that's always like Mac Weldon and like Joss Whedon. And Buck it's always Mason. And they're always just like the only t shirt you'll ever need. Or just like and the just everyday like, hunting shirt, but it's $127. Like he and has it's just this, like, like the most normal olive green and black. Like I was going to say, he's very like rumpled olive khakis to me. And, like, a Park Slope Community Garden rumpled t-shirt. Yeah, but I do also think he's walking into Uniqlo when he's, like, in D.C. on a book tour and just being like, I needed chinos. Where do you go for chinos? I went to Uniqlo because I thought they had good chinos. And then he's like, I hated it in there, but I bought four pairs of chinos and hopefully they'll last me. I buy chinos <laughs> once a year. He's dropping bucks at REI and Uniqlo, basically. I don't know if he's trying being so like Gorp Corps swaggy at REI. I'm just saying Daz dropped dollars not on like swag. He's just like, okay, I need a shoe and it's $225. Yeah, I guess he's like, the shoe's $225, so I'll buy it. Like, that's what a shoe costs. And who are you? In the article. <laughs> I mean, you're Natalie getting the asparagus. We're Natalie in bed at Clove. Yeah, you're a ballet dancer. <laughs> <laughs> or are you uh, Natalie's son who is battling dinosaurs and playing totally. with Lego Batman? Or I'm Jennifer Jason <laughs> Lee meeting up with Natalie for a dinner in London. <laughs> for a dinner in London after shooting Annihilation all day. I give these emails five chinos five olive chinos out of five they're a carry it's a quick read i did love that it was a quick read yeah i give it four whelks out of five almond soaked whelks i like the cinema of it all i was like this is a kind of a mid indie movie i would watch also on a hot day yeah i mean it's an update of um you've got mail the actress and the writer you know the beautiful and oh the man who doesn't think he's beautiful but like he's actually more confident than he even thinks he is i would 100 percent watch this film let's adapt we are officially adapting i will reach out to my people um thank you guys we somehow turned <laughs> an article that took about eight minutes to read into an hour-long podcast how does she do it <laughs> <laughs> 
And maybe some of us should have spent 20 minutes reading it because I kind of messed up as you Stephen called me out. <laughs> the order of the emails. But again, I'm an alternative learner. So... And that's literally okay. Best. Best. Celebrity Book Club is produced and edited by Darby Masters, which comes from the Hebrew word Ivri, which means nationality. When I first encountered supervising producer Abu Zafar in my 20s, it was at a tea restaurant in Tbilisi. And I saw him from across the room and he was reading a Chekhov play, of course. And I couldn't help but laugh because he was reading it upside down. And I went up to him and said, sir, you're reading that Chekhov play upside down. And he said, that's how you know what it's really about. And I never forgot that. Our executive producer is Christina Everett. I met her in a production of Ophelia in 1988. It was on London's East End. Not the West End, but the East End, which at the time was very dangerous for a young girl of my weight. Teddy Blanks did our graphic design. He's someone who inspires me and makes me think about honor and ritual and tribe and death on a weekly basis. Our theme was sung and produced by Stephen Phillips Horse, who is such an amazing father. Our original podcast was birthed by Prologue Projects. And that's a relationship that I cherish so much because it taught me to slow down. And for that, I'll be eternally grateful. Thank you. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.